When you're lost in the darkness, look for the pod. Specifically, the Prestige TV podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, where we're breaking down every new episode of HBO's The Last of Us. On Sunday nights, grab your battery and join Van Lathan and Charles Holmes for an instant reaction to the latest episode. Then head back to the QZ on Tuesdays for a deep dive with Joanna Robinson and Mallory Rubin. From character arcs to video game adaptation choices, story themes to needle drops, we'll parse every inch of this cordyceps-coated universe. Watch out for mouth tendrils and follow along on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Hey, everybody, it's Waz. Uh, Just wanted to say that we recorded this episode with Jerry Ferrara on Tuesday, uh, March the 7th. Um, The Knicks had not yet lost two in a row. Uh, They were riding high on a 10-game winning streak. He actually makes reference to possibly jinxing the Knicks streak on the pod. Um, But yeah, if, if enthusiasm for the Knicks seems extremely high and exuberant on the episode it's because we did record this on tuesday before they lost two straight however the episode touches on many other things just wanted to let you guys understand the timing of this interview please enjoy my interview with jerry ferrara welcome back ladies and gentlemen to the latest edition of weekends i'm your host big waz aka wazdy lambray and I'm joined by a very special, illustrious guest. You've seen him on Entourage. You've seen him on Power. You've seen him on Think Like a Man. I mean, this guy's work is everywhere. He's just one of the goats in the business. One of the biggest Nick fans that I know, and that's saying something because I'm from New York. Jerry Ferrara, man, welcome to the show, big dog. Waz, this is long overdue. We long spoke overdue. off the air. You and I go back to like 2015. We've been yes, talking. Sir. And yes, sir. this might be all-time high as a Nick fan. I suffered through the Chris Duhon years, so I learned every <laughs> bit of this. No disrespect. The Jerome James signing. The, the <laughs> I was Steve, there for all of it. The Steve Francis and Stephon Marbury backcourt. <laughs> I was there for Curry. all of it. Oh, my Lord. Listen, man, I just want to say this before we begin, because this is The Ringer, and 
What you guys did and accomplished on Entourage is so instrumental. It's been woven into so much of Bill's work. Obviously, Bill being the big dog over here, it's just, it's just amazing to have you on up here to talk Knicks. But we, we got to get into it, man. We're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon, just so you guys know if we don't talk about the win streak being at 11 or whatever. We're recording this on a Tuesday. The Knicks are 39 and 27. They're on pace to you know win close to damn near 50 games. Just to be clear... The Knicks have been on a 56-win pace since December 4th, which is – it's March. <laughs> so, like, the, it's it's not that they've, they're on a hot streak. They've been playing well for a while. They've been playing quality defense, quality offense, all in a style of play that I tell everybody is extremely fun to watch. These guys play hard. They play pretty fast. They play for each other. Which is really cool. It's not like, you know, sometimes James Harden could be the most efficient isolation scorer of his generation. That doesn't mean that it's necessarily great to watch. To, to give a counterexample from the Houston years, like this team just has immaculate vibes. I know that's a phrase we throw around a lot these days, but it's just true with the Knicks right now. I just want you to, to just get it out, Jerry. What, how are you feeling right now, brother? Well, it's funny too. When, I, when, we, when we locked down that we were going to record, I texted you like a multiple choice. So I'm like, these are the best Nick vibes since it was like A, Linsanity, B, 2013, C, to the COVID year which with no fans, or D, like 1999 yeah. finals run as an eight seed. And for me, it goes that far back. I think that is yeah. the last time the vibes are, were, were that good. I mean, two years ago, it was amazing, but, you know, there was no fans and, you know, what we really saw play out, you know, Randall had one of the best years any Knicks ever had, but you just kind of knew there's no one there to back him up, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, I, listen, I don't even know where to begin, but all I want to say is I'm just enjoying this ride way more than I enjoyed two years ago or 2013 or any of it, because it just feels real. You're watching growth in front of your eyes. So I want to talk about that 99 team, because that was absolutely the last team that Nick team that I've personally felt invested in living in New York at the time of that playoff run was like absolutely nothing I've ever experienced. I remember when LJ made that four point play. I, I was, I was in Flatbush, Brooklyn on Newkirk Avenue. There were multiple people watching on TVs outside and there was literally people were screaming, screaming when that shot went in. Like, so yeah, that, that, that is a Nick thing that will be with me till the day that I die. And the guys, and the reason why I bring that team up, like the guys on that team were not just very likable, but they felt cool to me. You know, Larry Johnson was like a sort of pop cultural staple with his Converse commercials going back to his Charlotte days, of course. Sprewell was the reason why I became interested in the Knicks, full stop. You know, there was the ugly incident with P.J. Carlissimo that allowed him to come to New York. Allen Houston was a relatively new Nick. It was it just felt like a new Nick thing. They had a mediocre season. Then, of course, make this improbable finals run, right? Marcus Camby, who was, you know, like only a few years earlier, was the second pick in the draft. Like these, they this was a pedigreed bunch and they were fun as hell. And they made it all the way to the finals, end up losing, of course, to Tim Duncan and David Robinson. But I remember that team and that feeling. And so it's ill that you would say that that's the feeling 
that not that these guys are gonna make a uh, final. Yeah, we don't gotta do that right now. We don't right. Like few but things that's to, the um, feeling. Yeah, like the things to unpack with that. And you know, you mentioned the ringer's own Bill Simmons. That's isn't that where the Ewing theory comes from, right? Ewing right. gets hurt. <laughs> Yo, you so know, true. that's the that's creation exactly. of the, the Ewing yeah. theory was born <laughs> from with that, that team. team. Yeah. And look, that was a different, like, yeah, that was an eight seed on a on a lockout shortened season. They yeah. were better than an eight seed. That yeah, yeah, just, they were better just, than that. A lot of right. injuries that year. Right, That was Freewell's first year. It was really hard for him to get acclimated because if people don't remember, they won like 50-something games the year after. They were a legitimately good-ass team. Yes. So, and I look at that, like, Larry Johnson is one of the examples of, like, you know, got him too late, like every mm-hmm. other star player, the Knicks, so you can go down the list of players got. him got. too late or let him go too early. Right. And, <laughs> but he, you know, one of the most famous moments ever. Sprewell really, I mean, obviously, I don't look, Mello was a trade, and I don't remember how it worked with Sprewell, but that was another version where we got a guy at the peak of his powers, and came here and it showed. So yeah, like I said, I don't think this team's going on a finals run now. Would I be shocked? Nothing would shock me anymore. But yes, that would be utterly shocking. But either way, you know, for all my, I'm in a million Knicks threads and chats and all that. I can only imagine. And the amount of heat that Leon Rose, I'm like a Leon Rose defender before this, which I hate to be. I don't ever want to like defend the organization. That's right. not who I am. You, you don't want to defend the man. Right. But I always just look at it like, look, I understand we the Mitchell thing. We could we could debate that, and look, we mm. might very well see that play out in real time in round one. That could be mm. a who won the early part of that Donovan Mitchell saga in round one if the Knicks play the Cavs. But either way, I think it was more about not making the awful move, not mm. bringing the player for giving up all our assets for the player who maybe is like a little unsure of where he is in his career. That's how it's the Leon Rose era has been for me. Not making the awful Phil Jackson type of mistakes via yeah. the draft and free agency. Look, has it been perfect? No. Isaiah Thomas type <sighs> of mistake. Yeah. You know, and look, he's made some mistakes, but what GM hasn't. But if you look at at least what he's done through the draft, so you, you got to you gotta applaud Leon Rose so far. Not trying to, I mean, you got to applaud the players, but he hasn't made the terrible mis- front office mistake. I, w- I want to talk about the surprises. You talk about surprises from this team. Because again, like the reason we're having you on, of course, the streak is fun. We all love a good streak. But like I mentioned, they've been playing well since December, right? So this is three months and change of fantastic Nick basketball. I think the most surprising thing about that, especially with this group, is how effective they've been as an offensive team. They've been in and around the top 10 basically all season long, and they don't make threes like that. They're an average to below average three-point shooting team. However, you know, Offensive, great offensive basketball is doesn't just comprise of three-point shooting. They're incredible at getting to the line. They never turn the ball over. And my favorite thing about this team, they're mauling the hell out of people on the offensive boards, which to me is like the most demoralizing of all of that. You finally get a stop, and then, you know, dudes are just, their armpits are all up in your nose and bullying you <laughs> for layups. On the offensive glass. And so, like, I'm, I'm surprised at how effective the offense has been. And obviously, I think we know the two guys we can key for that. Yeah, and look, I, I had a lot of fun two years ago. That Randall year was amazing. But you kind of knew, all right, when this gets down to the playoffs, 
who else is going to create a shot? You know they're going to key on him. And he went cold at the wrong time. Like, it just happened. He was hitting all his shots pretty much the mm-hmm. whole year and then went cold toward the end of the his season. The way 19-footers didn't work in the playoffs, right. but as they generally don't for most people. Everyone has taken the leap. Like, the players I'm most obviously impressed with, we uh, we could talk about quickly forever. You kind of saw it coming with him. He had a good rookie year. Then last year, everyone took a step back. But another guy I'm really excited about, and I've been like hard on him in all my Knicks group chats, is like Mitchell Robinson because mm-hmm. he's always getting hurt. He's always in foul trouble, and he went on the court since now. He came back. Yeah. yeah, he's really been such a difference in playing so disciplined. But has there ever been a more Knicksy player than Josh Hart? Is Josh Hart not like a <laughs> guard version of like a Mason Oakley? Yeah, yeah. Like if they had he, a baby, it would be Josh Hart as a guard. Yeah, he is he is the guard version of Charles Smith. Yeah. He he is Derek Harper personified. Like yes. he is all of those things. He's he's Greg Anthony. He is all of these quintessential legendary New York Knicks role plays legendary in New York City anyway for just the toughness and the grit like nobody could tell me what like Derek Harper was in, was incredible at right but ask like, Jojo English about Derek Harper <laughs> all right ask Jojo English about Derek Harper and 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 people remember his contributions for the team cuz i think it's the mindset and the attitude that this guy brought and you know i think people like Hart and Mitchell Robinson are Tibbs guys right but you know Jalen Brunson, it's it, right. it, it's just we gotta get to just, that. <laughs> it's just crazy. Like somebody said to me that Jalen Brunson might be the best free agent to change teams since Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> like because all of the last few All Star uh, yeah. level guys to change have been on these trade demands or to blow the team up or whatever the case may be. Jalen Brunson has just been incredible. I talk about the Knicks offense. They are one of the best teams in half court in the NBA, which I did not think was possible. No, and he's a big reason for that. 100%. I just, I did not understand everyone when that signing went down of like, oh, so much money for the the 20th best point guard league. I'm like, (laughs) is everyone watching the same game? Now, if you watched him in Villanova, like I did, he was a winner and a floor general. And what he did against Utah, I think it was that game six that Luca was out to force the game seven, or maybe mm-hmm. I got it twisted. Whatever he dropped. It was the was first a, two games too. The he first was two games. Like he just was in a play. Like right then and there, it's like playoff proven. This guy was coming off the bench and still being a major asset and closing games. I just didn't think that, like, if you're the Knicks, how you could even be questioning that move. We haven't had a point guard since, I, do we even know? When the, I can't <laughs> even try. Right, and what was that, for 12 games? That was 12 games of a point guard. And then he sat the playoffs, Linsanity, because right. he was mm-hmm. going to get paid. So, you know, you mentioned the half-court offense. Look, at times it certainly is ugly. Tibbs yeah. definitely does not call... Great offensive sets. It is a lot of ISO ball, which is the league, right? It's a lot. We see that all over. But now it's Randall, it's Brunson. They're great ISO scorers. Quickly in that Celtics game, from the first minute, set a tempo that I don't think anyone was ready for. So there's just a lot of options now. There's there's a. It's not like Randall has to score 35 for you to win. I always say like a good team is a team that could win a game with their B game. And what we saw in that Celtic game and even in that Heat game, that was both of that those teams' B games. So I'm like, shit, this is where it's going to happen. We're going to lose to better teams with their B game. And no, 
we held up. And I think the Knicks have won a lot of games with their B game this year, not even playing mm-hmm. as well as they could. But that's could. the sign of a good team. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing about Jalen Brunson, why I think he's a borderline all-NBA guy, even if he didn't make the all-star team, because he's played damn near every single game this year. Just, just to throw out some numbers, he's averaging 28 points per game on 50, 40, 83% from the line. And he's in the, he's in the mid-40s from three. All right, 83% from from the line. This is the last two months and change. Okay, damn near 30 <laughs> on insanely great efficiency. Like that's that is a great player. <laughs> like there's no there's no two ways about it. I think even with Julius Randle, like we talk about some of the isolation stuff that that ends up happening with this particular Knicks group. Even he's better than he was, making yes. quicker decisions, whether it be to either shoot it, put it up quicker instead of dribble dribble dribble, or you know, um and I want to give a big shout out to my man Fred Katz over yes. at The Athletic. He wrote a piece about how he's better with the double teams. He's beating the double team with the pass now, which is not something you could say about this dude previous times in his career. And again, people who listen to this show, listen to group chat, know that I've been a Julius Randle skeptic from <laughs> Genesis. A long time. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I have been since the book of Genesis. But you got to give credit where it's due. He's playing incredibly well. He deserved his all-star bid, if not the three-point contest. But <laughs> I, I, I got to say, like, he's he's made measurable improvements. And, you know, the Jalen Brunson thing, I like, I'm sorry if, if you watch what he did straight up head up against Donovan Mitchell, yeah. the guy who they yes. were trying to trade for last year in the playoffs, the most consequential of situations and moments. He was his equal oftentimes, you know, and a lot of times he was better than him, just straight up cooking this guy in the playoffs. And so, you know, uh, I have nothing but the utmost respect. I was positive on the trade. I'm like, this guy's clearly going to be worth the money. It's not a value deal. Right. right? That's right. Okay, and now he's underpaid. Sure. But he's JJ not, Reddick he's, said he it. Is, he is by no means an overpaid. He was never going to be overpaid at $26 million per year. That's absurd. That's ridiculous. Right. At and a position yeah, the organization hasn't had in... Yeah, since for I sure. can remember. But we do got to talk about some of the young guys, man. Well, yeah, because I, I could throw some cold water on this conversation real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Do, do, do well, it, please. I, I'm with you on, on everything. Now, I think we could say Randall, and now we have to see it in the playoffs, God of willing, course. you know, but Randall's someone we can count on. Brunson's someone we can count on. Yeah. The guy I'm looking at now. Oh man. It's just like look, and I I'm a, I'm a fan. I've been I've been oh, in from man. the beginning, but the guy I'm looking at who is the most inconsistent player on the team, who when when he's when the shots on and he's engaged on defense, it's another level that this team could be if they want to get to the second round and even threaten maybe in the second round. We need more consistency out of out of RJ Barrett, and that's yeah. just how it goes cuz he's just the yeah. most inconsistent player on the team when it's good. Yes. It's great. And when it's bad, we're going to see a lot of Josh Hart closing minutes, I think. 
Yeah, and I think in the last few games, you've seen that. His minutes are a bit down. It's not like he's not playing. He's still right. playing about 30 minutes a game. It's just he's not been in the closing lineup. It's been EQ. It's been Josh Hart. Of course, it's been Jalen Brunson. And, you know, I'm a bit of a, 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 a R.J. Barrett apologist. I, I'm, I'm actually – I remain super high on his gifts – and his ability to improve upon what he's shown. But yeah, the consistency yeah. has got to get better. And I think having a wing or, you know, for lack of a better term, a guy who's six six and up, who handles the ball and scores efficiently on the ball is the most valuable commodity in the league. And because he's the only person on the team that fits that profile as far as both physically and his potential, I understand the tendency to look at him and be like, when are you going to be our guy, right, that does that? And he hasn't delivered that on a consistent basis. I, I, I just have, I'm just somebody who's never going to be completely down or off of RJ because I've seen him, even if he hasn't delivered it as consistently as I've liked, play great perimeter defense. I'm good to great. I shouldn't say great. Good to great perimeter defense. I've seen him be pretty decent on pick and roll as the as the primary ball handler. I've seen him get downhill and draw contact, draw fouls. Like all of these things you want to see from your wing player, I've seen him do if if not as consistently as I would like. But I'm again, I'm I'm not somebody who's like I'll give you a counterexample to this, Jerry. I remember like year three of the Ben Simmons situation. I was like, this ain't going to happen. <laughs> I've been saying it. I knew I was right. I was just like, did he just like, he doesn't show improvements upon the things that they're going to need him to improve upon in his game in order for them to take that next step. Right. Uh, I, like I was out on him for yeah. so long. Right. Same. And I'm just saying that I'm not just saying that because I'm right. I'm just, just as an example of some Somebody that I stayed on was him. Uh, somebody who I stayed on in the in the RJ way for similar reasons is my man De'Aaron Fox. I always yeah. want to call him De'Anthony. Similarly, somebody who had you know shown signs and flash potential. I remember watching him Swiss cheese the Clippers the first year Kawhi and Paul George came together. Now it's De'Aaron Fox. And people would be like, is he ever going to figure out in the clutch? Is his yeah. shot ever going to be consistent? We get that he's really fast, and sometimes he gets downhill. When is he going to be a quality half-court player? All of these things, and he's showing this now. I think a lot of times these guys don't reach it, but I think there are times that patience can be rewarded with these young guys. And I happen to think RJ is one of those guys. In the, I'm, I'm, I don't think he's going to be as maybe as good as or as consistently delivering in clutch situations one-on-one is De'Aaron Fox's this year. But I think similar, I bring Fox up because similarly to him, I think we need to give him the benefit of the doubt that he can yeah. put this thing together. Yeah, I, you know, you're, the Fox call is so interesting because he was like, wasn't he on the market or we thought he was on the of market? Of course. They, are they going to keep him or Halliburton? They a can't lot of people, really play at together. At the time of the Halliburton trade, a lot yeah. of people, smart people whose opinion I value is like, man, they traded the wrong dude. I listen. I know a lot of people have said the same thing, and now look what happened. They're both great both players, all stars. and yeah, so 100%, and they're yeah. both fitting in really well mm -hmm. with those teams. Yeah, I'm look. I'm with you on the RJ. I feel like RJ is the most polarizing Nick in the sense. I mean, you could say it's Randall when like last year, but RJ is the most polarizing <laughs> when it comes to 
you like you said, when's this guy going to do it consistently, all that stuff. But I'm, I, I brought him up to say I'm looking at him because I do think for me, hopefully they stay the course where they are and they are a four or a five seed. That would be thrilling. I'll take six or seven. I just get it, get in. I just get it. Stay out of the play in, be in the playoffs. I think to have any sort of playoff success, he we need to see the good version of RJ. And I know mm-hmm. that's like a simple thing to say, but I mean... It, it re- I think we could really shock some people if it's the good re- version of RJ. Yeah, and <laughs> and look, uh, and 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 again, hold on before before we because I don't <laughs> I don't want to get negative, Nancy. Because I I, I want to say that, but what's where are you with with Thibodeau? Because again, when when the Knicks were struggling to start the season, and at moments I'm just like, God, this is so dry and so stale, and they need to figure out a way to get Randall out of there, to let my man Obi Toppin do his thing, too. You know, all because I'm a big Obi guy, too. I just love all of the Knicks young guys. I love Grimes. I like quickly. I love Obi. Like, I'm just in the tank for all of their young guys. But I was just like, look, Tibbs is going to play grown men, at every single turn, that's just what he is. That's why he refuses to stop signing Taj Gibsons to what, whatever team he's coaching. <laughs> like he's gonna, he has a pattern. He's been consistent. We know what he's gonna do. He's not gonna allow this team to embrace some youth movement and let the young guys sort of find themselves. And Randall, if he's on the team, he's too good not to play. Right. And so they need to find a way to get get rid of them. I I, I put Randall and Tibbs. To me, they were married as as far as what the, what was ailing the Knicks, in my opinion, yeah. early on in the season and keeping them back. Where are you at with Tibbs nowadays, man? <laughs> Listen, I mean, we're talking about a coach who after, you know, last year was not playing Emmanuel quickly and was playing Alec Burks at point guard. Now, I, well, I think well, Alec Burks has been the well, most well, mistreated player. now he's playing player. Emmanuel quickly uh, 50 straight now minutes played, in a game. Like, <laughs> that was my tweet. Like, right after that game, you know, you can't say Tibbs doesn't play the young guys. Like, and to Emmanuel quickly's credit, wasn't even sweating in the post-game conference. Yeah, like, looked yeah, like yeah. he, he could have played more. Play but another one, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, this guy, he's going to kill this guy. <laughs> but yeah, last year in crunch time, I, I think Burks was the most disrespected player in the world. Like, if I'm his agent, I'm, 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 vi- I'm like, we got to get Alec Burks another contract for what the Knicks did to him last year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, it's super frustrating. I get concerned with the offense because it is a lot of Randall and now Brunson bailing them out of some really ugly possessions. Offensively, mm-hmm. I still worry, even though all the numbers back up that they are an efficient, good offensive team. Yeah. You know, I, two guys are having career years again. So, you know, that's what I worry about most in the playoffs. Look, I get I, I I was terrified with what was going on with Tibbs, but I give him a lot of credit because the balls it took for him, who D Rose is also his guy, mm-hmm. and to say, Derek, you're just a team leader. Now, not just, I mean, you are a very valuable team leader. We're gonna play Miles McBride mm. heavy minutes and mm. shorten the rotation down to eight people when Obi was hurt. Mm-hmm. And the things he did with Jericho Sims when Hartenstein was was starting to, he was a little out of sorts. He really like basically grabbed his balls and said, "I'm going down in the blaze of glory. This is my last year. I'm gonna, I'm just, I'm doing everything I need to do." I'm a Jericho Sims guy too, by the way. Me too. <laughs> I mean, you know, don't contest the side. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that. I love that dude. Another great, yeah. great pick potentially. But yeah, like he he made a lot of balls. He calls right around, like you said, they've been playing great since December. This is like right around November when he shortened the rotation and mm-hmm. he he unlocked quickly. 
and he turns it over to people like McBride. And then, and, and we finally got a healthy Grimes. Grimes start of the year was bad. He was just hurt and couldn't yeah. find his rhythm. Look, I, I was I was in Las Vegas for Summer League where he was essentially <sighs> Michael Jordan. Yeah. And so I was like, I, I'm sorry, Quentin Grimes is like a real freaking NBA player. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you want to see the second year guys dominate in Summer League. It's, it's, a, it's a great indication of the kind of guys they are. And I was like, yo, this dude is clearly a high-level rotation piece. I don't yes. know that he's your savior at two guard or whatever. I'm not saying all of that, but no. watching him play... He's clearly a rotational guy, and you know he's shown it this year. Um, in my opinion, yeah, he's even made plays off the bounce, which I was most mm -hmm. like curious Skeptical about. Of. Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. like, we, like the jumper is pure, especially from the corner, and that's where he's going to make his money, right? Quentin Grimes going to make a lot of money by shooting, you know, forty something percent from corner three and being a really good defender, but off the bounce. He's show like he's the only one really that hits Mitchell Robinson on like the back door when the rotation's late. <laughs> I still think the Knicks, and you mentioned Obi. Let's get to Obi in a minute. I still think the most missed person on backdoor lobs is Obi Toppin. It's mm -hmm. there. I know like RJ tries to throw it, quickly throws it really well. I think, I think it's there all day. It was there. I noticed it in the Hawk series. Not that anything was going well. But I was screaming, and Obi had a great series. The only player mm -hmm. maybe that had a great series. So uh, I, I, yeah. I do wish that, like, it does, does feel like Tibbs doesn't quite know how to, I, don't, I just yeah. don't like seeing Obi stand at the three-point line, catch and shoot. Like, yeah. I just don't think that's, his, that's him. It's crazy because I'm I'm in the tank for OB Toppin, even though the things that we know to be important for a guy with his profile, i.e., Defends a position well. Right, right. <laughs> Not multiple, like, defend one position well. You know, so we have a guy we can throw you on in every single lineup. He doesn't do that. <laughs> His three-point shot, because he's not some one-on-one -on -one force, he needs a semi, at least semi-consistent three-point shot, which just, it comes, it goes. I admire his willingness to take it. For me, I don't know. I just love his activity. Yeah. I love that he vertically spaces, even though people miss him on the lob every single time. All the time. And yeah, he's just an incredible transition player. I just really, I, I'm still enamored of Obi Toppin. I hope that we can find a way for him to get a minutes on a Tibbs team and he can develop into the type of quality, you know, NBA player. Because again, it, it, in order to play the four or the five in, you know, or the five in small man units, again, defensively, it can't just, like, this guy can't be your backstop. Like, he just... He just can't. It's not what he does. And so it's it's hard for him to find minutes. I think Josh Hart will be good for Obi pushing the ball. That's where I yeah. think that he, that lob in that Celtics game where the ball didn't touch the floor basically was beautiful. And I think that's the skill set, you know, and I think Hart, who's really good in transition, I think will help Obi just let them get out and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I love, I love Obi and I think I I'm worried that Obi, you know, he got drafted almost as like Randall insurance, right? Like this mm -hmm. is if Randall's short stint in New York. We have the next point guard in waiting. I'm worried they're going to have to get off him at some point and then he'll go to Sacramento or Orlando or Charlotte and just ball out. That's mm -hmm. my fear with Obi. 
Get off the bench and bet the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers 10 times your first bet in bonus bets. It doesn't matter if your first bet is an air ball. You'll still get up to $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. My favorite bet right now is an NBA Futures. That's plus 650 for the Denver Nuggets to win the NBA championship. They have worse odds than Phoenix, who just got KD, so everybody's excited. Plus the two Eastern Conference top dogs, which are Milwaukee and Boston. I just think plus 650 is an excellent value for the Nuggets. I think they'll ultimately win the NBA championship. With FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to which player will score first, all on a top-rated sportsbook app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss out. Just visit FanDuel.com backslash NBA to join in on the action. That's FanDuel.com backslash ringer nba then place your first bet to score up to 200 in bonus bets guaranteed make every moment more with fanduel official sportsbook partner of the nba 21 and over in select states first online real money wager only $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com backslash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit at fanduel.com backslash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org backslash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, It is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month. 
just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20 for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Yeah, so I I want to get out of here by talking about the playoffs, of course, because, you know, we got to... We got to talk playoffs. We got to talk Knicks future because I think the results from the playoffs are going to shade how people feel about the team going forward, right? Right now, they're the fifth seed. They're only a game and a half behind Phoenix, but they're four games behind the Sixers, who had three. The Nets are only two games behind them, but we all know the Nets are trending downward. And whatever, there's no shame. I like what they did in the after in the aftermath of the debacle. The Heat are four games behind the Knicks. So it feels like they're going to be locked into a 4-5 matchup with the Cavs. They might be able to get home court, but either way, they're going to play the Cavs in... I have a hard time believing that they'll that game that series will go more than five games. Honestly, my pick would be the Cavs in five. That's whoa, just, whoa. yeah, definitely. Okay, absolutely. let's unpack that for a yeah, second. Yeah, the Cavs based in five. on what? Based on the Cavs just have Donovan Mitchell's playoff success. Okay, this is that's not that's not what I was gonna the, say. The young like Jared Allen and Mobley being great, but younger than even some of the Knicks listen, young guys. Who, listen, what is that based on? The Cavs have two elite, elite defensive players in their front court. Yes. And so I don't think they're gonna have a hard time dealing with what Randall presents. I don't think they're gonna have a hard time dealing with what the Knicks present in that capacity. And I think in the half court between what Garland can do in pick and roll, he, we we know he is an elite pick and roll initiator. Elite. I love I, I love I love Garland. One of my he's, favorite players. He's in to my watch. top five play, favorite players to watch right yeah, now. Yeah, same. He's and, he's and, amazing. And Donovan Mitchell has been proven to be a capable playoff performer, oh, yeah, scorer. Yeah. And it, he's not going to be asked because back in the days in Utah, this was the thing that when we talk about the Mitchell trade, the fit is just way better in Cleveland. Agree. Getting Rudy Go people like Rudy Gobert the ball was his job, but he was never good at it. Okay? And they have Garland to do that. And then his defensive shortcomings can be masked by the two great big men. Like, they just have the pieces in place to mask Donovan Mitchell's weaknesses. And I think overall, they're just more top-heavy. This is a much better team than the Knicks, ooh, in my ooh. opinion. Ah. That's just my well, opinion. All right. You know, we've been too, like, buddy-buddy on the same page <laughs> this whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't yeah. even necessarily have a hard time with what you said with the Cavs winning that series. What I have a hard time with is five, five games or less. Five. I think you it'd be five think games. for one I, second. I think it'd be five games. With yeah. the, I think they'd win a the game at home and then that's it. They'd win I know one you can't talk like regular season is regular season. Knicks have matched up very well. Easily should be 3-0 and versus the Cavs this year. They're 2-1. <laughs> okay. They okay. should be 3-0. and So you like the Cavs matchup for the Knicks is what you're saying. I, I like hate it better than like, look, here's who I don't, I don't want to play Milwaukee. I don't want to play Philly. I would take my chances <laughs> with Boston or or the Cavs. I don't want, I honestly, I'd rather play the Cavs in the Heat. Wow. Okay. okay. Because uh, look what the Heat did in that in that game a few games back, right? Th- that's why I was impressed with that win. Even though Julius Randle hit a lucky three, I get yeah, it. But the Knicks wire to wire were in control of that game. And Spo was throwing a playoff type defense at the Knicks. Doubling Brunson and Randle five feet past the three-point line, making them give the ball up in the Knicks found ways. But let's go back to your Cavs. 
Which, by the way, I'm in Cleveland. I married a girl from Cleveland, okay? Let the record show. That's my team-in-law. I call them my team-in-law, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I lean, I would would certainly say the Cavs would be the favorites, but I I just don't see the matchup. Like, who's coming off that Cavs bench? And I get playoffs, benches shortened in the playoffs. I get it completely. And you could stagger it maybe so either Mitchell or Garland's always on the floor. But that's not the deepest team in the league. And I think that's where, yeah, maybe they have an advantage with the starters, but I think what the Knicks could bring second unit wise could absolutely destroy what the the Cavs are throwing second unit wise. Yeah, I, I I hear you. I I, I just I, I just don't think this is gonna be great shakes because even like even the stuff like the offensive rebounds, the getting to the like offensive rebounds, getting to the free throw line consistently. I I don't think they're gonna be able to do that. You mean the Knicks won't the be Knicks, able to do that? Yes, right. against the Cavs consistently in a playoff series, and we know they can't shoot. And so, like the thing, the, some of the things that they are excelling at—that's propping up the efficiency of their offense—I think will be mitigated greatly in a series against Cleveland. And so, therefore, I I, I really do think they would. Do so you think? That in five. You think Allen yeah. and Mobley just control the boards, even though one of the best rebounders in the league is on yeah. the Knicks, who yeah. is a better rebounder than yeah. both those guys. Absolutely. Okay. And Randall's one of the better rebounders in the NBA. So Absolutely. you don't think it's like a wash on the boards, really? You think that it's almost advantage Cavs? It's not advantage Cavs. It's like if you're not winning the offensive rebound battle, not that it's coming and to And you don't a think draw. that they could. You don't you think there's zero chance that the Knicks could win an offensive rebound battle I would, against I would Allen bet and, that they and Mobley. I would bet that they didn't have some significant offensive rebound advantage in that series and therefore one of the best ways for them to score would be taken away. I don't think they're going to live at the free throw line because people don't notice, but the Knicks get to the free throw line at a top 10 rate right now. Yeah. I don't think they're going to live at the free throw line. And so, therefore, like, and they're you not going to shoot Brunson's it. going to get the calls, but is Mitchell going to get the gonna calls? I think it's going to be, uh, 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 I, listen, I, I, I don't think so. I really don't think so. I, I, I don't see it for them. And, I would and, book that bet. And, 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 that, that, one's going <laughs> se- that one's going seven, no matter, I think, no that matter what, going that's going seven. seven. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Oh my I just goodness. look. I respect the Cavs. I've been I've been the five Cavs games in person this year. I've watched we're, them up and close. The first game I saw Mitchell was when they played the Knicks on the, and the Knicks were on the road. And I watched and I literally called on my friends and said, "We fucked up." <laughs> that, that guy is in, and this is without Garland. Garland had the yeah. eye injury. He yeah, was in he such control yet. of mm-hmm. the game. I, I called all my friends. I'm like, "We fucked up." Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. Something's I, happening. I, I, I had to throw some cold water on this right, Nick stuff. I love you guys, but I had to. And then, yeah, I just do want to talk about the future because I think it's important. I think they got a lot of great young guys. I think, as much again, like you, I've been very critical of Leon Rose. I think he can be proud of the fact that they still own so much of their future draft capital. When and if they need to make a move for an actual substantive difference maker. They have plenty of shit to do it for, um, with. Uh, yeah. And I think that bodes well for the future. Who that person may be, I wouldn't I couldn't say. Um, I would I would be skeptical of a deal for a guy like, say, a Zach Levine, who in the past I really liked this year. I'm just like, eh, I don't know. I don't Can't know. Do it. <laughs> Jerry Ferrar is too good for Zach Levine. Can't do it. I, I don't know who that person would be in the future, but they have plenty of stuff to package 
to go. And again, a lot of maybe some of their competition would be an OKC who has more shit. Right. And and I wonder how long we're gonna play this stupid draft pick shell game. I wonder how long that's gonna last. I <laughs> it's really, a Ponzi scheme. And, and, and I re- and I really need to I need to say this. I, I just wish we could live in an NBA reality where OKC had to take, had to use every single one of those draft yeah. picks. Like the yeah. league decided collectively to shut them out and be like, no, we're not trading for it. We don't want you, we want you to take every <laughs> single pick. That you own right now. It's not going to happen, obviously. People love draft picks too much. GMs is good for job security, all of that shit. But I would really love to see it. But I just think the Knicks are very well positioned to do so. And it's something that Knicks fans should be very happy about. Yeah, I, 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 like I said, when we were talking earlier about, yeah, we know there's some things that we could blame Leon Rose for maybe, but also there's the things that we could give him credit for besides like some of the good draft picks is... You know, we do have a war chest of assets to throw. Now, again, I'm with you. Mitchell really felt like it just felt so lined up and perfect to do that deal. I don't know who the next player is. And and now I start getting worried because Mitchell, you knew, was safe and he's young. He's not in this, he's not 32, he's 27. So, even if by like the third or fourth year, it was not a great deal. You knew you were going to get three years of like top of the line, top 10, 15 player for sure. I don't know who that player is. Look, I, I'm not trying to hate on Levine. I, I worry about the knee. Yeah, he that's that's hey, my thing. If he didn't have these and also, like, what, injury I mean, concerns. What, what is, what? I don't know. What has he won? He's never, he's never won anything besides the dunk contest. Maybe that's harsh, but like, <laughs> I don't think his game translates to like dominant winning basketball. I think he's a really fun player to watch. I think he's a game-changing shooter. Uh, when his knee is right, he gets to the cup. He's a horrible defender. <laughs> but offensively, I think when his knee's right, he's a game-changer. 100%. I don't know who that like he's like is. a like to where like the defensive problems can be mitigated. He can be so good on offense at times. And so I I, I like Levine more than most, but I'm with you. I share your concerns. He's never played defense. His knee, he's got a bum knee. It's, it's one of those knee. things that's tough. Yeah, like I, I remember what a lot of my friends talk about maybe there's a way they get Beal. I I, I love Beal too, but I, I just don't I'm talking about Mitchell could have maybe swung this thing. If you go back in history. If we could have kept IQ, right? And if it would have been RJ or an OB or RJ and Grimes even, which I hate, hate to give up Grimes and the picks, like if you put Donovan Mitchell in that RJ or Grimes spot, holy shit, right? Yeah. Like then you're really you're talking, talking with Greece, yeah. a problem. So I just don't know who that player is. I Because I, I don't want the risk fat. I don't want anything risky. I'd rather stay the course with this team the way it is than go with a risky, flashy name that used to be a star and maybe is trying to hold on to being a star. Who's the name, Waz? Do you have one? You know what? You're connected. You talk ball all day. I mean, all I'll say, I'll say this. I know for a fact. Okay. And and whatever. Aggregators do whatever y'all want. Yeah. I, know for, I know for a fact that Dame Lillard would not force his way out of Portland to go play in Indiana or Milwaukee. Right. I've, I'm with you. you. If you get my drift. I um, do. He would do that to do something like the Knicks. Right? Now, as far as how it works with the personnel and right, who what the pieces right. would be and all of that, like, I it's can't not say, clean. but- It's not clean. But like, you know, as much as, as much as, as much as we love Brunson, 
He ain't no Dame Lillard. No, no. Dame Lillard is, look, man, I, I have the utmost respect for what Jokic, Giannis, uh, Steph, Embiid, Kawhi, when he's at his very tippy-top best, does. To me, Dame Lillard slides, slides directly in the tier underneath that. And I'm, I'm talking you. about on the court. I'm talking about temperamentally, as a leader, as a, like, like to me, that's what Dame Lillard is. And so that's the name for me. For me. <laughs> Dame Lillard in Madison Square Garden and those 35-foot moon shots and like, <laughs> bruh. That, it, the garden would go nuts. The that, garden would lose their mind. That's giving me goosebumps just thinking about it right now. So yeah, I'm. That's that. That. So I. I know for a fact he wouldn't force his way out of Portland for some small potato shit. And I know he would embrace all of the things that come with playing in New York, like wholeheartedly. Yeah. And he'd be a model citizen at that. And so I'm a Dame guy for sure. I'll give. I'll give you like thirty seconds on that. Uh, Damian Lillard is the player I dream about as a Knicks fan. <laughs> like. That's the swing you gotta take. I, I'm I'm not worried. I'm just saying, like, sh- like we only got a few more. Like, I know he'll hopefully he plays till he's 42 yeah. or whatever. But yeah, he's got about two three years of elite elite. But I will say, right? I respect not like all the on the court stuff and off the court stuff, but what he's doing with Portland and like staying there and wanting to win. That we might not ever see anyone say that again ever yeah. publicly. Yeah. So to me, the, I think. The only way to sort of make that right is like if Portland can't put the team around him to really get him back to the conference yeah. finals. Yeah. You want yeah. him to go to a team. Yeah. I always say, look, one championship with the Knicks is worth two anywhere else. I mean, that's just a fact. This, this is, is a this fact. Is, this is not even, it's, it's, and again, for people who don't, haven't spent a lot of time in New York, don't know many Knicks fans. It's a disease. It's a sickness these people are afflicted with. They love this team so freaking much. <laughs> they care so much. Like, you can't... I can't put it into words what this team means to these folks. You know, no. folks and, like and, Jerry and people in my family. And this and is the time of year with. that we're at where typically with the Knicks, how it's been, I'm starting to lock into the Yankees right now. <laughs> this is usually the time. Like, oh, opening day is around the corner. Thank the Lord, opening uh, day is around the corner because oh, can't man. watch this shit no more. Yeah, yeah. And no one's gonna watch a Yankee game till June. Yeah, big hopefully. Time. That's hopefully. big facts. I don't know the Cavs in five though. Why'd you ruin my damn day? <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta give my at least give me six. I, Can you I give gotta me give six? my unbiased analysis, man. Cavs yeah. and, can you give me Cavs and six? You give me Cavs and five. Cavs and five. Cavs All and right. five, man. Right. Cavs and five. Because I think they're a better team than that, that Atlanta team that bounced y'all like a much better team that bounced y'all in five. You Obviously, think? the Knicks are much better. Hell yeah! That Hell the yeah. Hawks team was on fucking fire. Okay. Oh, DeAndre you think that Hunter Hawks- is dropping 25. Tra- every Bogdanovich, they, they, they the were way, on fire. Again, they were on fire. They're just not a better team. Like DeAndre no, on a better run. They were on you, a better run. If, if at you that ask moment. the Hawks, they're like, why the hell did we trade Kevin Herter and keep DeAndre Hunter on the t- price tag that we did? Like, these are the guys we're talking about. Who were worst at that time. I mean, they bro- the, the Hawks broke Julian Ran- Julius Randle and then they ended Ben Simmons' career. Yeah, they were they were a nice story. I, I like that Hawks team. I think this Cavs team is better. I still am scared of the Hawks from that from that <laughs> series. <laughs> That's amazing. So you're in Cleveland. Want to get you out of here? Talk about the time you're spending in Cleveland and anything you want to share with the with the people of the Ringer NBA audience, brother. 
Listen, I, and I know there's like a new, there's a New York and you know show. Of course, and there's a Boston of course. Shout show. to JJ. Of course, yeah, JJ's my guy. I played golf with JJ in Arizona at the Super Bowl. You of know, course. I know there's a Philly special. I don't know if Cleveland has their own show yet. <laughs> so, but I will say this, okay? And like I said, my wife's here. We've been between here and New York, and we got two little kids. But I will say, Cleveland is one of the best sports towns mm. I have ever seen, and. I, I am worried, and I've been to Cleveland playoff great games in the LeBron era too, about the Knicks rolling through Rocket Mortgage. Oh, there goes my mic. Ro- rolling through Rocket Mortgage in a playoff game. That crowd's going to be crazy. And a great sports city. I've had a blast here. I really, I really enjoy it. I love it. Man, I can't wait. We're gonna, we're definitely gonna talk to you in the playoffs. If the Knicks somehow find a way to win, you will absolutely or make it competitive. Uh, <laughs> you will absolutely be invited back on to gloat, all of that stuff. I just gotta give the people my run and cut out this opinion. I can't have one of the world's biggest Knicks fans up here and lot of the man's face, especially since he's been my dog for for damn near eight Come years. Come back! Now. I want to host the whole show. I want to <laughs> if, if the Knicks beat the Cavs in the playoffs, I want a whole show to myself. I want a mic, and I want the whole I want the whole weekend show. Ah man, I love it. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, Jerry. Man, this was incredible fun. This Knicks ride has been. A great amount of fun to watch. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for all my Nick fans. It's finally time that y'all could be, you know, optimistic and, and see some brightness in the future. I had a I had a blast. Hopefully I'll be back. All right, brother. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.